Hey, what's up, everybody? Um, this is Kara, and we're going to be talking about the voice actor strikes with SAG-AFTRA and the negotiations with the video game companies and kind of our opinions on it. And I'm joined by... Hey, guys. I'm Rizwan Mertzent. I am the owner of Anime Secrets. You can find me on Twitter at CMDDrake and also on Instagram at CMDDrake. And I am joined by... Hi there, my name is Anthony Davis. I'm also known as Green Boy on Twitter. And I'm also one of the uh, Digirangers. I'm talking about the Digiranger. I am White Angel. And I'm also joined by. Hi guys, this is Kimmy Ross. Uh, I am Mrs. Kimmy Ross on Twitter. And I'm Lady Seru on Facebook. Um, we're going to be chatting about this actor stuff. And it's my first podcast, so go gentle. Okay. We'll be we'll gentle with you. Uh, and I forgot to mention, but I'm Space Kanoichi on Twitter, and I am also one of the premier podcasters for Anime Declassified for Anime Secrets. <clears throat> yeah, sorry Declassified's been kind of dead the last couple of months, but uh, after Akon and Mechacon, Louis and I kind of got flooded pretty badly, and then grad school began, and life happened to all of us, I think. But yeah. guess yes. what? Guess what? We're back! We will be back! <laughs> and we have Kimmy. We have a Kimmy now. Yay! And, and we won't send a fully armed battalion to, show, to remind you of our love. Good. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Because you'll be automatically attracted back to us by our awesomeness anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so yeah, we've had a lot of interesting news this past week in the uh, anime industry. Well, American anime industry, anyway. Japan's not that big of a deal on this. <laughs> um, but yeah. The game voice actors have gone on strike. As a union movement. Uh, We're going on strike! Yeah. Kimmy, do you want to explain like the basic scenario of all that? Given I think you're the best legalist of it all. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I work for a company that does licensing. So... Uh, licensing is a very intricate thing. Um, if you own a business and you want to play music, there's all sorts of uh, licensing that you need to cover. So the person who performs the music gets a cut. Uh, the media that you use, uh, you have to pay based on that. Um, but you also have to pay fees for like the writer. Um, so for example, with Taylor Swift, the reason why she had a beef with companies like Spotify is that she wasn't getting the royalties from the fact that she wrote the song. She didn't feel like the royalties that she was getting were good enough. So the gist of <clears throat> what's going on with these video game actors is that with these video game actors, the, the rules and the, the agreements that they had that are still being used today are kind of outdated. So if you're talking about an 8-bit JRPG from like 97, you didn't really have a whole lot of voice acting there. Um, but now video games have become as much of a production as any Hollywood movie or television show. And the actors uh, who portray these characters' voices, they're usually put under a lot of stress. And you also have actors that do motion capture. And so a lot of what these actors are calling for are safety measures for the motion capture, 
but also um, stuff that protects them from long recording sessions that could put them out of commission for months. Because if you're screaming at the top of your lungs for seven hours, that's going to damage your voice. Uh, and the other thing is basically the residuals from these performances. So if a copy of a video, if a, a video game that you've worked on has sold more than two million copies, well, if you get a cut of each of those copies of the video game, that could mean a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And instead of walking away with just an $800 check, you could be getting Royalty. 10 cents per game. Yeah, and I feel like it's a really fair thing, like to, for a voice actor to say, "Hey, I would like a royalty on every copy sold or something, residual fees, because they really do deserve it." In my opinion, the Ooh. voice actors are no different than any other actor out there, like in Hollywood productions and all that. To me, Steve Bloom and Robert Downey Jr., while vastly different in what talents they portray for a movie or whatever are still in the same category, in my opinion, overall. They're both Mm -hmm. doing something as a performance to give us something of high quality. I mean, they're both phenomenal actors in their own right. I mean, how many times have I seen Steve Bloom in an anime or cartoon even? Cartoon, yeah. And just been like, oh my god, this guy is amazing. And the same thing with Robert Downey Jr. His Iron Man is one of the best things out there. Like, he's just so perfect at it. And, you know voice actors like Mark Hamill and uh, Arlene Sorkin like those two basically created the Joker animated the animated oh. voice of Joker that we're used to now and the animated voice of Harley Quinn that we're, in, yep. we're used to even yeah. though actors have portrayed them after them that's kind of, they're the OG they're the originators of that role and they deserve you know, like to your point, they deserve that kind of credit as well and mm. uh these actors sometimes aren't even told what project they're working on. Oh, yeah. And that's kind of a big deal because if a few of my friends got together a film crew and they were doing this movie and they said, hey, Kimmy, you know, we want your help with this. Can you you portray this actor in this... Can you portray this part in this one scene? Yeah, sure. And maybe they'll give me a couple hundred bucks for my trouble. Um, And that's, that's fine with me. But if... Marvel Studios approached me and said, hey, we want you to portray Black Widow, then I have a lot more to negotiate for because it's already an established franchise that's probably going to make billions of dollars worldwide. Mm -hmm. And heck yeah, I want a cut of that. Yeah, for sure. And if you told Mm -hmm. me, if, if you just told me to dress up in a suit and read these lines and not tell me what it's for, then that takes away all of my power. At the yes. negotiating table. I mean, and, and I, they're, they're saying that it's more about a non-disclosure type thing, but the voice actors, they they know, some of them do know what projects they're working on because of the motion capture involved and such, and they, yeah. they're able to keep a tight lip about it, so I don't think it's about non-disclosure at all. It's definitely, um, they're taking away that negotiation power and that uh, asking for residuals by not mentioning, oh, hey, yeah, and by the way, you've been working on Fallout 4 for a year and a half like they did to Farley. And they're like, what? I swear to God, if I were ever given like a role in a game and wasn't told it was in front of us Fallout 5 or something, I would be so mad. Because, holy crap, mm-hmm. you'd be making so much money, but you're not even realizing it. 
I mean, he was recording lines for a year and a half for the game, and he didn't even know what it was until they t- until finally it was it was found out that he he was Kellogg in Fallout Four. I mean, you're working on something for a year and a half, and you don't know what you're working on. That's that's crazy. It is, and on top of that, like even uh, voice actors that I've interviewed for the website, when I talk to them, a lot of them tell me the same thing: that they go in to um, audition, they do their lines, not really knowing what they're even auditioning for, and I want to say it was Taylor Gray this past summer at BayouCon. We're talking about his uh, his process of becoming Ezra in Star Wars Rebels. He had no idea what he auditioned for was Star Wars related at all. Like he his he was oh, in wow. total shock when he found out. Oh wait, I'm a main character for Star Wars Rebels, a Star Wars franchise. I'm part of this now. That was just like beyond like just amazing. You know, like I really feel there should be more advertising on what they're being portrayed for, like, what are they trying to audition for? Yeah, you, because you would you know, think that, okay, I, if the lines are, like, similar to something you heard before, you would think that, oh, well, I should already know this, but at the same time, like, they're not telling them, it's just as, it's just as bad, because I'm over here, just, like, you know, okay. I'll play it again? Go ahead. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was finished, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Oh. Well, my thing is, is auditioning is one thing, like, I'm sure dozens and dozens of people have auditioned for The Walking Dead without knowing that that's what they were auditioning for. Mm. But the the rub is when they're when they're sitting down at the table to hammer out that contract. Okay, right. this is how much we're going to pay you per episode. And you've been, you know, you've been cast in a role in The Walking Dead and they're very secretive in that franchise, so you know, I can understand them not even telling you what role you're being cast for. But if a voice actor auditions for a video game, and they're not told what video game it is at first, that's fine. It's the audition process. But once right. they've been selected for that role, then they should be told more. Like, hey, this is for the next Bioshock. You know? Yeah. It's not like they're not going to be able to say, oh, well, you know, like, hey, like, this is not disclosure. You can't tell anybody you're on this. That's understandable. But the fact that they're not, they're not, you know, known about what's going on is also a different story. Well, yeah, my issue so- what you guys are saying, though, is you have an audition process where you're auditioning blindfolded, basically, saying, okay, hey, here, come do this audition for this anime I'm doing, or whatever, video game. You do the audition, and then you're offered a role, but if you're never told a role, and you come to realize later on that maybe the game doesn't align... I'm recording something right now. Can you go away? 20 minutes. Riz is a little busy at the moment, so, um, anyway, I'm as... I'm back. Oh, oh never mind. <laughs> I have to cut that now. Slight hiccup. I was gonna fill, was gonna fill up for you for a quick, for a quick second. <laughs> this happens every time. Anyway, um, I'm gonna cut this part oh. out entirely. So, yeah, um, if you're a doctor and you're... It doesn't align with what you want to do. Like, maybe it's not the branding you want for yourself. It's not the typecast you want to be put into. Like, some actors and actresses may have a feeling of, 
I only want to do um like decent things, not nothing like explicit explicit or questionable material. Like I don't want to be attached to a game in the future where there's a scene that I'm not involved in, but it brings my name down. For example, um I believe it's Mass Effect that had that um adult scene in it that caused a huge hysteria a couple of years ago. Oh yeah. I feel I'm like people should be given more information on what they're auditioning for. Just in case they don't want to be brought into the drama of hey, you're in that really popular game you were also in a controversial thing. Like, what are your takes on it? Like, That's just something I don't think they'd want to deal with. And that's something yeah, that yeah. they should know more about. Yeah, them knowing that for that reason as well is like, important as well. In my and opinion, also, uh, yeah. Good. It's also like with Star Trek. There are a lot of actors who don't want to be in Star Trek because it typecasts them. You know, James Doohan is always going to be Scotty. Uh, you know, it, Kate Mulgrew is always going to be Captain Janeway. Although she she rebounded fabulously by her portrayal of Red in Orange Is the New Black. Oh my God! But it was her decision to to take the part of Janeway and run the risk of being Janeway for the rest of her her career. That's actually how some Power Ranger actors feel. Like they feel like, oh, they're, they're going to be cast as old. What's well, such the name of the Yellow Ranger? Oh, she's gonna be the Pink Ranger for the rest of her life. But they can, but they have, but they have the ability to branch out and play all different roles. So that way, they can be like, oh, hey, this person has done this instead of just being this for the rest of their life. Because I mean, I mean, first of all, you, you've interviewed some, you know, you, you, you know, you probably can tell like they, they want to be more than just their, just their role. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they want to be like more than the role. It's more of a. I just feel like they get a really unfair stick in the industry in general. Like, they should not yeah. be... I feel like they just get crapped on a lot for no reason sometimes. Yeah. And I think that's a lot to do with the fact that the voice actor... They're not well-known in the industry. Yeah. Like, I mean, outside of, like, maybe the diehard anime fans who go to conventions to meet their favorite voice actors, nobody really cares. I mean... If you're, like, a casual fan of some anime or some cartoon on TV, like Teen Titans, how many of those kids watching Teen Titans going to be like, oh, oh my, oh, my God, Tara Strong's in this. I love Tara Strong now. They're not going to think that. They're going to think, uh, oh, my God, I love the character port that was portrayed in this anime. They don't, they're never going to see the person behind it because they don't see a face to recognize, which is mm -hmm. way different from, like, The Walking Dead, where immediately we can say, okay, we love... Uh, you know, the guy who Rick or Daryl. Rick. D oh, yeah, that's the name, Daryl. Like, you can say immediately, I love Norman Reedus, because he's amazing, he's mm -hmm. awesome. Yeah. Like, you can tangibly see him, but if Norman Reedus is a voice, doing some anime or, like, some cartoon, you'd never, ever know what he looks like, unless you did the research. Yeah, because because he did he did do uh, did a voice for a couple of anime, for a couple of anime and cartoon shows, because he actually did a voice for um, Voltron, uh, the Defender series. Yeah, I think I knew that. I mean, yeah. in the case of video games, though, people people do notice and they do they do recognize the voice work and they do think that it matters. But I mean, okay, how many of these people across the board are like that, though? You know, like what are you advocating is what I'm trying yeah. to get at. What I'm trying to advocate is 
as a whole, people that play video games, people that watch the cartoons and animes, don't really go beyond um, recognizing that there's somebody behind the face of, for example, I don't know, some popular video game thing. Like, they, they don't ever see beyond the face of, like, the guy of Mass Effect, or... I mean, yeah, that does But it, it, it's moot when it comes to the fact that these people that are doing this for these companies should be treated like regular actors. I agree, they should be. And that's the thing, is that because you don't see their face, and you're not known, they, they feel like they can be more, you know, discreet with them. I mean, if you told Robert Downey Jr. that you're not going to get paid very much, that's a huge thing. Like... That would cause immediate sitstorm around the world. But if we tell, like, I don't know, some voice actor like James Larrabee, hey, you're not going to get paid for this role as much as you'd want, he can't do much about it except either take the role or find some other job that may not pay as much either. Yeah, for sure. And like, I mean, like... <clears throat> that's what I'm getting at, is that the voice actor community is a very unfortunate one in that they don't get the recognition they deserve outside of going to the uh, conventions and doing their little spiels there. Or, you know, they're like, if it's a diehard fan, like for example, if you love Naruto, you're gonna go look up all the things you can about Naruto and figure out, okay, I love this character, I wanna see more about this. So who's the, who's the, who played this person? And then maybe they'll figure it out that way. But the run of the mill kid will never really care because all they care about is, oh my God, more of this, you know? And in that way, the industry doesn't really rotate around the voice actor as much because you're not really giving them much exposure beyond their voice. I mean, a voice a voice can only go so far, you know? Yeah, and that's, well, that's the shame of what the video game industry is trying to say in that these people are not an integral part of the game. Exactly. I mean, again, years, 10 years ago, there was no, there was very, 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 very little voice acting work in a video game, but nowadays they're so immersive. I mean, the some of the some of the more beloved video game characters, like to your point about anime, you know, if I'm a huge fan of Mass Effect, then I'm gonna find out who did the voice of Fem Shep and Male Shep. If if I'm a huge fan of Final Fantasy, I might look up who did the voice of Yuna and Titus in Final Fantasy X. You know, right. it's like yeah, they are an integral <clears throat> part of bringing that story to life because having Yuna and Titus talk adds a depth, uh, adds another layer to their their story of the game and, and their relationship. The game. Yeah. It makes you feel better. Of course. I mean, well, listen to this tweet that Tara Strong tweeted two days ago. Um, as of I mean, today is uh, the... What day is it? 23rd. <laughs> it's Sunday the 23rd. She tweeted two days ago, Final struck for me was one of the negotiators looked in my eyes and said, no one really cares about the voices. And see, that's and my then, issue, is that they don't yeah. have the... They don't have the backing. That but, but, but that's yeah. a terrible thing for them to say, for sure. I mean, she even says dead serious later then, to to uh, someone who said, Ari, tell, please tell me the negotiator was kidding. She said, dead serious, so insulting. Basically said anyone could do what we do, including kick-ass mocap star. Word for word. Yeah. Like, the... Yeah, because the, the old... Yeah. Because they, because, like, they, they get, like, because in Hollywood, you know how they have, like, some uh, some licensed movies. 
that you know we've seen like on television like as a series and then they make it to a movie and but they use like Hollywood voices that are just you know people that actually voice them in the show and you just think to yourself like wait why didn't they just do get the voices for like this character instead of just having to do all this Hollywood stuff because you know Hollywood actors they're just gonna some of them do have range but others they they they're more like on the on the facial side, like you have to you know to see their face more to know, hey, like this person did this and this, and you know, it becomes like it comes uncanny that oh, this he just portrays himself. I mean, I, I'm I'm grateful that the 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 video game strike is getting the coverage it's getting outside of video game websites like on sites like NPR and Wall Street Journal, yeah, because now it's bringing to attention how unsung the, the voice actors are. And how vastly underappreciated they are. Yeah. And sometimes they do get tied to their characters. Like, I just looked up, because I'm terrible with names, but Ashley Eckstein does the voice of Ahsoka Tano. And Ahsoka did make appearances in Clone Wars, um, of course. She's a main character in that show. Mm -hmm. But she showed up back in Rebels. And Ashley's portrayal of Ahsoka is such an integral part of that character and they even asked the voice actor of um of sabine in rebels because sabine's thing is that she has this really amazing hair that has these multi colors in it so they even talked to the voice actress about what colors she wanted sabine's hair to be like they made her part of that character design so Obviously, there's a lot of that person's, that actor's or actor's spirit imbued into the the role, and that's I was mentioning animated series, of course, but that definitely happens in video games mm, of too. Of course, I mean, uh, going back to Tara Strong's tweet saying that she said the executive told her that anybody could do it. I I, I greatly disagree with that because for one, yeah. There is no video camera on their face showing their emotion, so they have to overact ten times more to convey that emotion that we would see on in regular TV or film. Oh yes, they're sad. Well, what does sad sound like? You know, you have to greatly perform to make up for that. Yeah. And and show Mm -hmm. that. So I mean, it, it does take a lot of talent to do that sort of thing. So it just boggles my mind that they think that, and uh, and I do see that they're I do see them saying, well, they're they're hurting themselves, is what the video game companies are saying in these articles. They're hurting themselves. We're we're offering them this great thing, but what I see them offering is just a higher hourly rate and nine hundred and fifty dollars per game. That's as a bonus. Like I'm That's pretty nothing. sure that it, that's. And that's two weeks' pay for me, and it still doesn't address Same here. the royalties. Yeah. No, it doesn't. They they haven't addressed the the residuals at all. I mean, if let's say Tara Strong does Harley Quinn and Quinn again for the next Batman game, which she is for the next Arkham game, then of course she's going to be doing a lot of heavy voice work. Well, what if she injures her vocal cords in the process and she can't work for six months? Then she's out of work. She's not going to get any more money after Batman, and she's going to have to figure things out. But if, mm. she, if she had residuals and she got a piece of them using her performance and making money off of it for each video game that's sold, then uh, then she's still being cons- compensated 
and she's not going to be lacking money while she's recovering from that gig. I mean, not even like just that, but like even Mark Hamill, he's getting old in the AIDS too. And yeah. as a Joker, that's a pretty demanding voice. I mean, the laugh he has to do, that's pretty hard to do. I can't imagine trying to do that. It's pretty hard to do. Yeah. And part, as they get the... older. I have tried to do that voice, like laugh. And it's super hard. Yeah. It is. I mean, they're part of a guild, but they're still technically freelancers. So they don't get a lot of benefits like, say, I would get since I work at a full-time job. If I got hurt on the job, I would get workers' compensation and stuff. They're freelancers. I mean, they're signing contracts, but those contracts don't guarantee anything, which is why they're battling so much and yeah. why they exist. Mm -hmm. Like that's why if you are if you want to go on Broadway, you have to be part of you basically have to be part of SAG and Equity. Like mm -hmm. it's the same it's the same company that that basically helps those actors and actresses get healthcare mm -hmm. because if you're a small production I mean the cast of Hamilton is doing absolutely fine because that show is crazy sold out forever but when you're talking about a smaller production that's just starting or maybe has a limited run on off-Broadway and that's it well those actors and actresses have to give up that period of time and they're not it, they they have to be there for the show. They can't do a second gig as an, as a, a waiter or waitress while they still perform on off Broadway. So with SAG, they have a union that can negotiate as a negotiate for them as a group of people for these benefits like healthcare and and all those benefits that Kara mentioned that you would get if you had a full time gig for a company that offers the benefit package. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Honestly, like, companies like Funimation and all those that are hiring like, the voice actors or, like, even the video game companies should offer some kind of package deal for those couple of weeks that they're working. Like, hey, we'll cover medical expense if anything goes wrong, you know? There should be some kind and, of thing in, built in for that. And speaking of things going wrong, I mean, nowadays, like I said, it's, like we've been saying, it's more of a cinematic experience for the video games. So, when... <sighs> They're doing stuff like motion capture work because nowadays things are so realistic that we can do that now. That that requires some stunts and green screen. And a lot of the times these voice actors are expected to do stunts and they go come to the job and they don't know that until they're there. And there's no stunt coordinator or anything like that to help keep them safe. So I think I read one example that a voice actor had a bad back already and they didn't know that there were stunts involved in the job and they they, they got to the job and tried to do the stunts. There was no coordinator to watch them or make sure they were okay. And they hurt their back more and had to leave the production. Mm -hmm. so, and they had to be replaced. So that they just lost money, basically, trying to do this job that they had no idea what the expectations were for. There, there's no set expectations either. Yeah, and even with OSHA, there's a, a clause in OSHA, I think, that says that reasonable the the exact phrasing is reasonable accommodations uh, reasonable accommodations must be made so that people can perform a job so if I at my job I, I'm, I'm, I'm a desk job I, I work behind a computer but I when I sit in a chair my feet don't reach the ground so my company bought me a little 
ergonomic thing that goes on the floor that I can put my feet on so that I can sit. That is a reasonable accommodation so that I can do the job. If I was expected to get paperwork off of a high shelf that I couldn't reach, well, maybe my job would purchase one of those little grabby things that would mm -hmm. allow me, or, or some sort of step stool that would allow me to reach these shelves. Oh, my work bought me a, a thing for my wrists so I could, since I'm using the mouse all day, so I could rest my wrist on something mm -hmm. so I don't get carpal tunnel. You know, you, there, those are reasonable requests. Yeah, But that, that performer mm -hmm. should have been advised that, oh, by the way, you're going to be doing some stunt work. Mm -hmm. Or, by the way, you're going to need to do some physical stuff, you know, it, some motion capture work along with your voice work. Like, so, for some actors and actresses, I'm sure that would totally enhance the experience and help them immerse themselves more in the role. But for others, if you have a bad back, that doesn't, that's, that doesn't keep you from doing voice work. But it certainly might keep you from being on wires mm -hmm. to do some wire work if that's required of you doing motion capture. Mm -hmm. I mean, a lot of the techniques they're using Hollywood uses, so I'm not sure. And Hollywood has all the setups and, and things in place to keep actors safe and, you know, paid well and, and uh, taken care of. And video games are are making more sometimes than Hollywood blockbusters during the summer now. There's plenty of money to be given to help with that sort of thing, especially if the production is so similar to cinema now. Mm -hmm. It's it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Any other thoughts, Riz or Anthony? No, I think I said all I have to. I mean, yeah, I, it, I do agree with this uh, hashtag I see all over Twitter right now. It says performance matters. I mean, that at the end yeah. of the day, performance does matter. And yeah, back in like the early mid '90s, we didn't have many voices in games. It was all text that you read on the screen. But now, early 2000s onwards, we have games like Final Fantasy X, uh, Fallout, Portal. I mean, imagine like. The voice of Lada, somebody so iconic, being told, oh my God. being told, no, screw off, you can't, you can't be in this, or you can't get the residuals yeah. of your voice. I mean, that's kind of sucky, you know. And you ask anybody, anybody who's played Portal, their favorite things about the game are Glados and Cave Johnson. Exactly. And, I mean, the, I again, I feel horrible that I'm bad with names, but the the actor who portrayed Cave Johnson is. He's a legit Hollywood dude. Like, he played J. Jonas Jameson in one of the Spider-Man movies. Um, and he's also the voice, I, weirdly enough, of the yellow Eminem. Um, <laughs> is he that's really? hilarious. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he is. His rant about when life gives you lemons, you don't make lemonade. You show those lemons you bought. Like... Everybody knows that about Cave Johnson. Everybody knows GLaDOS is snark. Like, it's not just about the words that GLaDOS is saying in the game. It's, it's about the way they the say it. Yeah, yeah it's totally. It. Holy. And that's totally tied to them. Okay, so J.K. Simmons, who played Cave Johnson and yes. Portal 2, also played Tenzin in Legend of Korra. I did not know that. That's awesome. How did you not know that? <laughs> Tenzin is amazing. He's I did super do that. 
Look, I again, I'm part of the problem. Like, I don't look into, in some cases, who the characters are, like, who the voices really are behind them. I'm I look them up online, well. that's all I know. I think a lesson we can learn from this is to pay more attention to the performance. Yeah. And, you know, if you really like somebody or a specific of, you know, character's portrayal, go the extra mile. Use Google. Use Wikipedia. Find out who those voice actors are. Tweet them that you appreciate them. Buy their buy their merchandise. Mm-hmm. You know, vote with your wallet and, and give something back. And give them that attention that they so greatly deserve because it is highly underrated. Oh, yeah. most definitely. And some of these mm-hmm. uh, some of these actresses and actors, like um, one of my favorite voice actresses is Monica Real. And yes. Mm-hmm. Oh did, my God, Bay. She just she's so amazing. She did the voice of Hyatt in Excel Saga, which. If you're an anime fan, you must watch Excel Saga. Oh it my is, god, it Excel will be Saga. the funniest thing you'll ever see. <laughs> um, I think I've heard that. But I went to a convention where it was at the height of the popularity of Excel Saga, but it was also around the time that Razafan uh, came out, and I adore Razafan. Oh and my she god, I forgot that existed. <laughs> she did the voice of Harakushito, and I cosplayed as Haruka, and when she met me, she was like, oh my gosh, it's little Haruka! And so, it was just really cool, because Hyatt is such a character in general. Like, she's all over the place, she has this tiny, squeaky voice, and all this. And that's really what Monica has has made a career out of, is being that high-pitched voice person. Mm -hmm. But Haruka is not one of those characters, and she was quite proud of her performance of Haruka. Um, because she got to do some drama. There was meat on that bone, you know? She got to really sink her acting chaps into that character and um, in a way that those comedic characters didn't offer her an opportunity to. And it was just really cool to see how how excited she was to see a fan of that character and and have somebody appreciate that side of her work, you know, rather than just... <clears throat> silly high-pitched stuff she did yeah i mean that's a, that's the same for a lot of voice actors i've met in my time they all love meeting every single attendee at these conventions when they go out like mm-hmm. i don't remember what i'm sure it's been multiple people at this point when we interview them one of the things they tell me either on camera or off camera is thank you so much for coming out and talking to me i really appreciate the chance to know that what i did in this game anime whatever has made some kind of impact on your life. Like, um, this past Akon... I'm totally jealous. I'm totally jealous that you got to meet Taylor Gray. Oh my god, I am, like, the biggest (laughs) Rebels fan. Same. And, (laughs) oh my god, like, Hera is one of my favorite characters ever. Yeah. But I I would love to meet all of the cast of that. Like, Like, it's just... This past Akon, uh, Kara, you were otherwise preoccupied at the time. But I had gone to the um, Akon voice actor panel because I love voice actor panels. And there was, at the very end, a father walked up and thanked every voice actor on stage. There's like 20 voice actors on stage for, like, what the voice actors did for his, uh, I think, son. 
um, all through his life. The son committed suicide recently, like in the past six months before Khan, and one of the reasons that he was there oh, is wow. to kind of honor his uh, his son, because a, the thing that gave this, his son a big spark in life, something that really made him go, was the voice actors and the work they portrayed. Like, without that, who knows? It, it could have gone even worse, but even even in the darkest times, he found solace in these voice actors and their voices and the stories they told. So, that's a huge thing. Like, I mean, just the way the world is now, it's nice having these kind of things like to walk away into, like an escape kind of, you know? Mm-hmm. And we never yeah. quite know what's, like, we don't even know what's going on in the actor's yeah. lives. Like, look at Robin Williams. Williams. Robin Williams dealt with so many things, but he put a big smile on his face to give us the zini, missed out fire, everything like that. But, you know, it goes both ways. Yeah, and like, he was, like, really, like, he did it, yeah. So, I mean, the, the voice actors are so much more integral than just their performance in a thing. It's the impact they put on us as the consumer. Oh, yeah. Like, there's so many characters. Like, um, I don't know, one of my favorite... One of my favorite shows is Fushigi Yugi. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I also love Meisani Koku, and like, with Meisani Koku, that story is about a young widow, and the story of Meisani Koku, I found out about it, um, I mean, I love Rumika Takahashi's work anyway, uh, but she wrote Meisani Koku before she did Ranma, and I didn't know anything about Meisani Koku, but then somebody through the fan community recommended it to me when I was going through some stuff and um, I had had been in a car accident I lost my boyfriend Um, and that story really really helped me through that deep time in my life and some of the things that the main character said were things that I was thinking but didn't know how to put into words or didn't know how to get out on paper and it's just some things mean, you know, like some other somebody else could watch Mason and Cuckoo and think that the art is total crap and they hate the story. And I can totally appreciate that. Art is subjective. But mm-hmm. these stories and these characters really do mean something. Mm-hmm. And I mean, even like one of my favorite, favorite figures in all of anime in the community is Yoko Kano. Her music is absolutely incredible everything from vision of escaflone to cowboy bebop to kids on the slope like god yes you listen to stuff it's so good i mean i rock out to i rock out to it personally at work sometimes just because it's really something cool to have going on buzzing in your brain to get those creative juices flowing Mm -hmm. but you know those are all such pieces of that puzzle and like you know you don't have to worship the ground they walk on but it's just really cool to give credit to the fact that video games aren't just one person's thing. I mean, when you talk about Hamilton and Lin-Manuel Miranda, he he had such a hand in every piece of the creation of that work, but he will also be one of the first people to tell you that it wasn't just him. Mm-hmm. It was him, Alex Lackmore, uh, all, these, all these people around him gave him input. Um, he got input from rap albums from like the 90s 
I mean, it's just, he got inspiration from all over, and those things were as much a part of the creative process as him putting pen to the paper, you know? I mean, the, the game company's playing the, um, the actors saying, oh, the games will still sell whether or not you perform or not. I mean, they, they have been saying that. Um, that's terrible. That's terrible, because they, they're just as much as part of the process, like Kimmy said as um, the game designers and the creative teams and, and the coders and the and the testers they 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 bring something to the performance and to the character that you wouldn't otherwise get and they're not getting the credit the credits do which is unfortunate very much so <laughs> yeah um, so I guess what we're trying to say is just, I guess, a pre we voice actors. If you're listening, we appreciate you. We your performances have touched us, no matter what medium it has been in: video games, anime, um, American cartoons. It, you are special. You bring that spark to characters that otherwise would not be there, and inspire us. And I. I certainly hope that these this strike accomplishes something and brings you happiness like you have brought us happiness. Because mm -hmm. you deserve it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, with that, any final thoughts or anyone else? Alright. Um, in that case, we're done here. Check us out on Enemy Declassified. We're on iTunes, Google Play... Find us on your favorite podcast app on your phone. We're all there. Uh, you can check us on YouTube. Subscribe, comment, share the podcast. Get us out there. We love you all. Good night. Night. Bye.